Welcome to another edition of the Northeast Newscast. This is your host, Paul Thompson, and we're back this week with a very special episode in which we get out of the office and into the field with Kansas City, Missouri, illegal dumping investigator, Alan Ashurst. Alan has a fascinating job, which I'll readily admit that I knew essentially nothing about before riding along with him for a couple of hours earlier this week. Here's the basic gist. Alan relies on a couple of dozen cameras that are strategically located all over the city. What he does is he drives around in a giant loop, checking the cameras, pulling SIM cards, and finding out who has been dumping at some of the most prominent illegal dumping sites in the city. The cameras are motion sensor hunting cameras, expertly camouflaged by Alan himself. In fact, on more than one occasion during my ride-along, Alan stopped in front of a prominent dumping site and invited me to find the camera he had hidden overhead. More often than not, I failed spectacularly. You'll find this out for yourselves soon enough, but Alan was a fun interview. A rogue investigator operating on the fringes of the Kansas City, Missouri governmental umbrella. Without further belaboring the point, here's my in-the-field interview with Kansas City, Missouri illegal dumping investigator, Alan Ashurst. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. You, you showed me a couple audios, or you played them for me earlier, of, of, of the reactions that you get. It, it, it seems to be a couple ends of the spectrum. One is, I've never done anything like that. How dare you accuse me? And two is, yeah. Right. <laughs> what, what's the percentage of those, and, and how do those usually play out? Uh, it's, it's few and far between. These folks haven't checked Right. I just, I just assume I know what they're going to say when they get there. You know, this, this gentleman... The folks that just say, hey, yeah, I did it, you know, we certainly appreciate it. And it seems to be at, uh, well, it's a very small percentage of which we, but we certainly appreciate the cooperation, but it's... It's a very it's, small percentage of them will say, yes, you caught me. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, the majority, the overwhelming majority of folks will just, uh, you know... Deny, deny. Deny, deny, deny. That's not me. It looks like me. That's my car. That's my trash. But that's not me. Well, you know, I see it's funny. They don't they don't admit it to me, but once they get in court, it's a whole different story. They figure they're caught. Right. You know, we'll get, and that's really what's important. Once oh, the, I guess that's the initial reaction when you get accused of the crime. Yeah. To say, hey, hey no. Yeah. While well, you still think you might have some plausible deniability. Yeah, <laughs> right. We have a, what I like to call the, the Johnny Law. And I don't mean Johnny Law like the cops. Yeah. I mean the Johnny Law. It's... Whenever somebody gets caught on camera, whatever the case may be, and I show up at their house, they have loaned their truck to Johnny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Jeremy, Mr. Black, Mr. Whatever, right. but it's Johnny. Right. So I said, okay, well, how do I get a hold of Johnny? Well, Johnny doesn't have a phone number. Uh, doesn't have a social security Johnny number. Johnny doesn't have a vehicle. He just shows up at their house. He doesn't have a place to live. And nobody. It's like, like Bigfoot is the way I like to say A lot of people have seen Bigfoot. Right. Nobody can find Bigfoot. Kaiser Soze so is another example. So that's Johnny. So, yeah. so Mr. Johnny, he's a sweet guy. He comes by, he borrows your vehicle, he takes all your trash, drives around the corner from your house, throws all your crap out, and then brings you your truck back. Right. It's a fantastic dude. Yeah, so he gives you plausible deniability that I was talking that's about. That's right. right. That's right. That's awful sweet of him. It's, it's great. <laughs> and it doesn't flush. <laughs> yeah. That's one that doesn't flush. Right. Uh, I'm not the sharpest guy. But I don't buy it, and the judge really doesn't buy it. Right. So this is uh, this is one of your bigger. So wait, what cross streets are we at right now? We just uh, stopped. That's uh, 
That's your. Uh, We're just Lincoln off Independence Square. Avenue. Okay, yeah. That's Lincoln Square. So this is like Sixth. This is Seventh Street and Jackson. Would be right here. And I guess I could maybe describe this for the benefit of our listeners here. Um, we've got pallets. We've got tires. We've got. It looks like what used to be an old TV. A couple of chairs. A couch. Yeah. Uh, some. Cereal boxes, household garbage. Household garbage, yeah. Children's toys. Um, how often do you see this kind of thing? Oh, this is my job. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. Every and, day, all day. And what can be done? What recourse do you well, have see, this, when, you, uh, when you come up on here and there's not? Uh, well, there's a, this, the person in the act. I guess this particular a, area. I mean, this this exact spot. Right. When I first started illegal dumping four years ago. Look just like this, and you've got you've got an interesting part of you know the northeast is an interesting place, and it's a little it varies a little bit different from other parts of the the city. Is that you've got a lot of people in a very small area, mm-hmm. and you've got a large contingency of homelessness that are all around this Jackson Square. So every camera I would put up here mm-hmm. would be stolen in about two three days. Guaranteed. How many cameras do you go through in a given year, given month? You know, this last year was was pretty good. I've actually got about 25 up right now. I've only lost three in the last year. I have no explanation for it. Um, but, hmm. you know, it's been a good year as far as stealing cameras. So you have 25 cameras up live yep. right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are they taking video 24-7? Taking well, Snapchats. They're, they're, yeah, there are snapshots, they, uh, still photos. They, they're motion sensitive. Okay. So, I mean, these are trail cams that you use for deer. Well, I won't say exactly where we're at, but um, I no, mean, there's none right now. Okay. There, there are none right here because they just keep disappearing right. until we can fix these. You know, the number of people that are just walking around here and watching. You know, the problem with trail cameras is, is you know, they take fantastic pictures, but they're little and they're plastic and they can be easily destroyed. Right. They don't send these pictures to me. I have to physically get up there and get the SD cards out of them and things like that. So anytime, you know, people see me jacking with them, you know, if the wrong person sees me. The gig is up. They're gone. Right. Done deal. So what? Uh, what's the next step? You see something like this? Well, something what happens? like this particular one, this was all private property. Right. So... It's kind of out of your purview. Well, no, we like to keep. I mean, once you know, once a quarter or so, we'll come through here on the city's dime and get this cleaned up, just you know, because it needs to. But there's an ongoing case at this particular lot of notices going and summonses going to come for the owners to come and get this kind of stuff. The city spends two million bucks a year cleaning up illegal dumping and trash out on the street. So whenever we can get the property owners to do it. You know, it's not a surprise to them, but they need to keep their areas clean. Right. It's not a shock. <laughs> you know, they know it. And this they don't particular, want the responsibility of it, they can always get rid of this property. In this particular case, um, have you actually had interactions with the property owner, him, no. or, him himself or herself? I mean, no. Now, the, this area was mine when I when I started in uh, codes enforcement six years ago. Mm-hmm. But this thing has changed hands five times in six years, I'm sure. Okay. So, you know, the people I spoke with at the time... I don't even know at this point. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, is this something, do you view these kind of properties in as a lost cause? And yeah, not at all. I mean, it's just a, an ongoing you just, dilemma. 
Well, now you're getting into a whole other ball of wax. These properties. Mm-hmm. This is different than some of the stuff that you're dealing with earlier. This well, morning. you know, that's that's a bigger issue that the city's got on their hands is if you were to buy these two buildings right back here, you would have to have the kind of money to get in there, rehab the crap out of them as quickly as possible and get people in them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to have these homeless scrappers and, you know, mental health and drug addicts, those kind of folks coming in and taking everything that you leave it. Right. So you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to turn and burn these properties and get people living there. That's, that's the only way to kind of stop this sort of stuff is to get people actually living in those properties. Somebody's going to take care of it. Somebody's going to take care of it for you. You know, these are all, I mean, this, this whole block of people is pretty good. Yeah. No, they're just as nice as they can be. They, they help out when they can, you know? How often do you um, how often do you do you get tips leads from the community? Not nearly enough. How do they do that if they want to? Well, three one one. Right, and then you they forward it to you. The first thing they have to do is call three one one. See, there's only two of us in the city right. that are doing this, so we have to be able to prioritize you know, our complaints and our cases. And I was looking at a zip code map the other day. There's a lot of area in North Kansas City and South Kansas City that's away from the urban core that people don't think about. Right. I go as far up as, I've got cameras up off of Cookingham up north as far as you can in Platte County, <laughs> all the way out to 150 Highway, which is almost grand. Jeez. So it's a lot to cover. Yeah. But when you get into... You know, particularly like the Northeast here, when you've got so many people in such a small space, people, I would think, have people, they're either doing it in the wee hours of the night and people just don't see it happening, or people are, and I understand, I don't I don't have to live, you know, next door to people that are illegally dumping and I don't need to be concerned about, you know, retaliation and things like that. So right. I think there's a contingency of folks that are just, you know, want to mind their business, which is fantastic, you know, do your thing. Yeah, they're trying, you know, they're trying to make it through the day sure, and, and not, trying to and not annoy life. somebody who might exactly. be inclined On to the other uh, hand, exact measures, right? changes until people step out on their porch and start, you know, drawing lines in the sand. It's not being a snitch, and that's got to change, too, this, this, this snitching law that some folks seem to have. Right. The code... Yeah, no, I, I don't get it. Well, especially as it relates to illegal dumping. I mean, that's an yeah, affront absolutely. to everybody. Absolutely. And that's not, uh, you know, illegal dumping is, I, the only thing I can really say is it's it's done completely out of disrespect because the city has ways for you to get rid of the trash. Right. You can, you everybody know, can schedule a bulky item pickup. You can, the vast majority of the stuff people dump, you can have picked up at your curb for free. You just have to make the phone call. Right. You know, and people are like, oh, you only get two bags of trash. Well, those two bags can be 40 pounds a pop. Yeah. I'm, that's 80 pounds of trash. Right. That's a lot of trash. Huh. So, so what other issues are unique to the Northeast then? I mean, you said it's, uh, well, it's, a, it's a dense population, uh, a lot of transient population. What other things do you well, find in Northeast on a regular basis? That's where you get into our... Uh, probable cause things like that you know i can find any number of bags of trash laying around that i know they don't belong there you know 
spend a spend a fair amount of time just looking for bags of trash in front of vacant houses, empty lots, and places they don't belong. You can go through it and you can find names and addresses and things like that. But in the Northeast, when you've got any number of folks living inside these vacant homes and squatting and, and scrappers, anybody can walk by and grab a bag of trash from your front door. Walk it around the corner and go through it looking for anything they can recycle or whatever they're going to do and leave it there. Now, that doesn't mean that you are responsible. Right. You know, that's that's a big problem in the Northeast because of the amount of people in the homelessness. People running by and picking up your trash on the curb. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's a very viable defense. I mean, it's just, it happens. Right. Not to mention that, you know, a lot of these folks, you've got a lot of seniors that bought their houses here any number of years ago. And they just they're relying on their kids, their grandkids, neighbors. Mm-hmm. The guy, the scrapper that's walking by, will take I'll take your trash for five bucks and take it down to the dump. Well, no, he's not. He's going to take it and dump it. <laughs> but you know, there's any number of reasons why or how why is not a good. But how, how somebody's trash would end up around the corner and leave it to dump. So it's not you know you get out in a, a couple of these areas that are north and south. And, the, the houses are just a little spread out. You know, they're newer areas, and all of a sudden your trash just ends up around the corner. It starts, you know, the, the, the excuses and the reasons don't start sounding. They start piling up. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. I guess I'll go back to the, the two individuals that you were you were dealing with this morning before before you and I met up. Yep. Uh, how long were you tracking those guys? Uh, what's the process like? Did you pull them off? Uh, when did you pull the I, chip off the SIM card? I or what's the timeline those, like? Those cards out of the cameras mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon. And so, do you know? Did did you have like a timestamp on it? Oh yeah. Hi, all. It's Paul again, back at the Northeast News offices. Sorry to interject on my conversation with Alan, but I wanted to provide you some context on what comes next. Alan has stopped, and he's invited me to try to find one of his camouflage cameras. Once again, as mentioned before, I fail initially, but he shows me where it is, and we move along with the day. Uh, yeah, I did see it, but not right away. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty good. That's how I'm actually not very happy. I love the cam. I just want to replace it with another one. It's a little darker because it sticks out, but. This is kind of a fun little thing. So you, you, you can see who did this. Now, if something would have happened like this, in a, say in the Northeast, we wouldn't let this pile of crap. If I knew who did it, I wouldn't let this pile of crap just sit here. All right. You know, we'd get it cleaned up. I'd make a deal with whoever dumped it to get it cleaned up. Say, hey, listen, I'm going to forward this along to the prosecutor. Unless you want to come out here and get know, this settled. You know, you want to come out here. We'll I'll talk to the prosecutor, say you're cooperative, see if we can get you a little bit lower fine, but you know, if you get this cleaned up. How much of uh, how much of your job is like threats like that yeah, and deals no. and things like that? I mean, do you have to uh do oftentimes well, are people responsive when you're like, Hey Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah. you can get out here, I can put in a word for the prosecutor Any and say n- that Yeah, absolutely. Any number of folks are uh, more than willing to come out. And I will leave them to believe I will never tell you that it's gonna be cheaper. Or whatever the case may be. Now I'll let you assume whatever you want. Right. I'll let you assume you're not getting a ticket. Right. You know, I'll let you assume it's going to be better for you. Right. But that's really nothing to do with me. 
right. ducked. It's like, you know, trying to get the money back from robbing a bank after you got caught. It just doesn't work like that. Right. You've but, already committed the crime? Yeah. The crime is done. Uh, but I will, like in an area like this, when it's really not particularly bothering anybody, uh -huh. if it's massive, we'll get it cleaned up as quick as possible. But I like to leave a little pile there for people because that's that gives people an idea of, you know, this is a good spot. People have already done it. But it's a trap. So you might be able to catch two or three or four oh, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a trap. There's actually another one in the tree right behind you. Oh, really? No, I won't say the address we're at. In fact, I don't really know exactly, but... Um, <laughs> That's the way we like it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have noticed that camera if you hadn't have told me. That's pretty funny. To the right. This tree right here. Oh, that one is hidden. That's got camouflage on it. Yep. Nobody's going to find that. Well, like I said, the problem is, is when I... You know, they run on batteries and memory cards, so when I take the ladder out, right. climb up the damn thing and start playing with this one. That's when people That's see it. But this is a good spot because there's not a ton of houses around either. Well, and that is... That's probably why they thought it was okay to dump. That is the key to cameras in the city. Hmm. It's out of the way of people, line of sight, all that kind of stuff. So you set Which, up a little honey trap right there for them, Nice huh? little trap. It is fantastic. In the interest of full disclosure, I turned my recording device off after that conversation. When we return... I've been with Alan for nearly an hour, and I have a better idea for what his job entails. So, we've been riding around for, I don't know, just shy of an hour now. I'm getting a sense for what you're, you're dealing with on a day-to-day. -day. Um, just the scope of these issues, um, and the scope of your operation and everything you do. You've told me some anecdotes off the record here about some of the things that you've seen. Uh, what, what's been some of the most shocking things that you've come across during your, your travels in and around Kansas City? Shocking? Uh, Are you shocked by anything anymore? <laughs> Seems not. No. My first... Uh, my what first, would be shocking to the layman? Maybe a better question. You'll find... You know, well, that... First and foremost, I'm a codes enforcement officer that's assigned to illegal dumping. Mm -hmm. And there was a time, so I used to do the property inspections and things like that. And there was a time when, you know, I thought I'd seen everything. Mm -hmm. And then you'd go out and see something completely that just blows your mind. Uh, so I haven't seen probably anything terribly shocking lately. When I first started illegal dumping, and you know, you start spending time around these illegal dump sites, mm -hmm. nothing positive is going on in an illegal dump site. Yeah. Uh, you will find, I probably find 15 stolen cars a year. Um, we find dead bodies at these dump sites. There's been three girls that, uh, that have been found dumped at uh, dump sites that we monitor. Lots of prostitution going on at these illegal dump sites, um, which leads me to believe that these folks that are out here doing this kind of stuff at these illegal dump sites aren't watching the news or reading anything, right. because uh, I've got some fantastic pictures <laughs> of some of the stuff that goes on out here. There are, we just got some pretty good ones. Yes, we did. Yes, so. we did. Can you maybe tell me a little bit about yeah that timeline, the process? Uh, we just, you've got dozens of cameras throughout the city. Uh, right. That are constantly taking photos of illegal dump sites. Right. Uh, we just we just pulled a SIM card out of one of them, uh, of one of those dump sites. 
Okay. What's the next step? How does this go? And uh, well, as, as you saw, that's that's a normal dump site. Right. That is one I visit. I probably drive through that area twice a day, at a minimum, twice a day. For the benefit of our listeners, we got a couple of couches and some brush. Right. So. A, a real popular thing for people to dump, to brush to dump is brush. Right. They clean up their yard, lawn and leaf bags, tree limbs, and stuff like that. All stuff you can get away, get, uh, get rid of for free. Right. If you're willing to, to be patient and go on a Saturday. Right, yeah. But any which way. Since that I'm, needs to be mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I drive there two times a day. When we first pulled up, I said, hey, that pile of crap wasn't there yesterday. So, it's real easy. That's a good time for me to check my check my camera. So, I checked the card. I showed you the pictures. We've got them. You know, the pictures probably couldn't be any better. Um, as soon as I get back to the office, I'll blow it up. I'll have the license plates run. I'll have those. I'll have an idea. I'll know who the vehicle in that license plate is registered to, registered to in about 20 minutes. Okay. Easy deal. Right. Um, and an address. And from there, it's a matter of was the registered owner behind the wheel or at least with them? Do they still live at that address? Does the plate match the truck? Because uh, people, you know, they License plates are stolen all the time. Right. So there's any number of things that go along with it, especially in the, you know, in the state of Missouri, you can register your vehicle for two years, and some of these folks move half a dozen times in two years. Right. You know, so who knows? But we'll get the registered address and go from there. But at least I'll have a name. I'll have an idea where to start. I can pull up water records in people's names. Oh. Utility know, bills, huh? Where they're paying their property taxes to. So it's just a matter of time from there, unless, unless the plate's stolen, and then it's just a matter of... I have a file that I usually carry around with me that uh, it's got pictures of vehicles that I'm looking for, and I just, you know, I just I run into them from time to time. How many repeat violators do you see? One. One. I have one guy that I have caught, convicted, fined, then he turned around and did it again. I would think that there wouldn't be a lot. Yeah, there is but, not one. In four years, I've caught one. Wow. So, what's that conversation? What was that conversation like when you uh, got him the second time? Well, see, that's funny because I'd caught him three times. I caught him the one. I caught him another time in between. I was like, "Look, man, the next time you get caught doing this, you're going to jail. There's nothing I can do for you. You've been told." Right. And I said, "Go clean that crap up." You know. And do this the right way. Okay, okay, okay. Then I caught him on camera doing it again. I've done all I can do for you. Right. I mean, I've done all I can. I don't. I don't know what else to do. So that's it. Did he didn't go to court? He didn't show up. So he's got warrants and things like that. It's just a matter of time. So when he gets next time he gets picked up, he is he'll go to jail. He'll go to jail. So what kind of uh, I, I saw the sign before. I mean, reasonably, what what kind of punishments are these people actually getting when it comes down to it? Uh, fines. Fines, first offenses range between five hundred and a thousand bucks, depending on uh, depending on your attitude right. and level of cooperation. How much uh, you're willing to do to clean up? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you're willing to get out there in the city, you don't have to spend that money and resources cleaning up after you. Uh, that, that typically looks pretty good in court. Right. Can affect your fine amount. What doesn't do you any favors is you get in there and start mouthing off and. I've got a personal problem with you and you didn't do nothing and then I show you pictures of yourself you know 
Right. That's, uh, that's you're a, already caught red-handed by yeah. the time you're in court. <laughs> well, that, they don't understand that. Right. Uh, rarely do I show people pictures of themselves doing it, but a lot of people go in there with bad attitudes. They just think I'm out harassing people, just making it up, you know, just knocking on doors and taking people to court. That's fun for me, I guess. Right. Uh, judge doesn't, you know, he doesn't play. Yeah. He's good. He's good for our city. I wanted to ask you about something else you mentioned earlier that um, your predecessor, uh, you know, tried to act more clandestinely than you. Uh, and uh, you, something else you alluded to is that you've got kind of a profile. You've been interviewed before. You've had the opportunity to yeah. um, be featured in news stories from various publications and sources. Um, why? Why do you think that it's more, or why do you emphasize kind of getting this stuff out there and into the light of day? Um, I just think it's important one that the citizens know that we are out here working and we do not take this lightly the legal dumping is terrible my chain of command is 100% behind me and it was one of the things that really shocked me and I've always heard getting money out of a politician was like was, was you know a, a timely effort Herculean task it's unbelievable but it's not you know, when, when I ask these folks for money because I need cameras or I need support, they are all over. But I want, A, I want the citizens to know that we are doing this. Right. You know, we're going to work hard and we're going to catch the people that we can. And that's just the way it is. Also, I want these, the people that are out here dumping to know this isn't something that we're, you know, allowing to go on and you're just, you know, able to dump at will. If you are not getting caught, you're just getting lucky and it's a matter of time. And we are out here looking for you. Like I said, this this is a crime like anything else. It's a nonviolent crime, but it is a crime, and you can't stop crime. People are going to do what people are going to do. On the other hand, the more people we detour from doing it, the, the better off we all are. It's best for the city. So it's it's, and I'm also not I'm not concerned with these people as far as you know. I'm not hiding from anybody. Right. Uh, you know, if they have a problem. If somebody ever wants to report something that's anonymous, you know, people always ask me, well, who turned me in? Who did this? Who did this? It's me. Yeah. As far as you're concerned, it's me. Yeah. So if you want to have a problem, that's fine. So I, I have no problems with anybody and everybody knowing I'm out here taking people to court and putting people in jail. Have you ever felt in danger? Oh, sometimes. All the time. All the time. In what ways? Yeah, I get accosted from being assaulted. Somebody taking swings at you? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. How often? Uh, not not too not too often. My first rule of thumb is to get myself out of it. You know, if I see it coming, that was back when I first started. If I if I feel something's getting ready to go quick, I just remove myself from the situation as quickly as possible. Just get in your car and leave. Yeah, I'm not I'm not fighting anybody over a bag of garbage. You have been in a fight though over a bag of garbage before. I've, I've been very close. This looks like a popular spot. God, Right. Oh yeah, well, this is uh, this is Dunbar. See now, this is uh, this is the difference between uh, the Northeast and the Dunbar area. So no, no are, neighbors really. To... Exactly, we are right in the middle of a subdivision, mm-hmm. and yet we've got all these undeveloped areas with long stretches of road that nobody can see squat. Right, and thus they pull up and dump. 
a lot of the dumping you get in the northeast is people they've got an extra bag of trash or two or their couch or something they're walking it around these are people that are driving around the city looking for places to dump their stuff right and so these people might be coming from farther away exactly. the dunbar is a uh, a magnet for this right. kind of stuff it sounds like on that note the dunbar area had one larceny all last year right so it's safe Exactly. The only crime really going on in this Dunbar area is illegal dumping. Hmm. But is it, I mean, this is probably what one of one of the biggest dumping areas of the city. One of the biggest dumping areas in the city. This used to be real bad before we got it closed off. No outlet. Yeah, I can yep. see that being bad. So one of the other things I saw, if you don't mind me asking about, I, I think I noticed that you had pitched a reality show. Uh, there had been at one point in time. I mean, that sounds pretty interesting to me. What uh... I think people want to see, uh, you know, that was an interesting time, but people don't want to see reality in their reality shows. They, they want, want it to see... be more fake? Yeah, they want, they want to see women fight with each other, causing nothing but problems for their families and stuff like that. They don't want reality in their reality. This hit a little too close to home to people, maybe? Yeah, who knows? Was that your thought? I, you know, I don't know. They don't. They don't tell you. They just kind of disappear. Right. Uh, Interesting. Huh. But on that note, you know, life's hard enough. You just go home and watch other people's hard lives. Right. So who knows? I didn't press Alan any harder on that issue, the reality show. But after getting back to the office and playing back that audio, I was struck by the poetic nature of Alan's summation of that period. Life's hard enough, he said, to then just go home and watch other people's hard lives. This moment of introspection is brief, as just moments later, he recognizes one of the dumpers that he's previously caught. Oh, this guy. This guy? Does he, does he recognize you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah, how often is it when you call these guys, they, like, know who you are? Still don't see it. What? The, the skinny little tree. Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'm looking for it, too. It took me 20 seconds. Yeah, you know? know? For those no, people who just want to come drop something off real I quick. I used to spend a bunch of time with, you know, I duct tape leaves and all kinds of crap on these things. And then I was just like, they're hard enough to see as it is. Yeah. How do you find them? And as soon as people. Like, what's I, I put them up before and lost them. Really? Oh, yeah. There was a time I'd, I'd stick them on, you know, rock walls and stuff, and I'd, and I'd, it'd take me 20 minutes to find a couple cameras at one point in time. Do you, uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you, you have them, like, marked on something? You have, you have a... Well, a I've got a little spreadsheet that just gives me an idea of where it'll whereabouts look. they are. But, right. Huh. You know, I have put them up and hit them from myself before. I can imagine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Well, it does seem like you've got it uh, pretty well covered, though. I mean, well, like I said, I know you still see this stuff game. everywhere. Right? You have any serial uh, offenders in the Northeast right now? Not that I'm aware of. There's a couple open dumps cases that we had that we're looking for that I that I feel like it's the same people. Right. Just can't Same MO? Yeah. 
the same same style, same area, same bags, just can't prove. Is there a typical MO for a dumper? Um, it depends. Contractors, things like that? Yeah, or is the, that more often the than the, the individual the folks, homeowner? The majority of the folks are going to be dumping in the northeast or the people just have, they haven't put their trash out in three weeks and now they've got extra bags of trash. Right. Um, then you've got the scrapper or the, the people who's, like, their hustle is they go around and they, they'll pay somebody. You know, some, they'll wait for somebody and I'll tell you, you give me 10 bucks and I'll take all your extra trash for you. Right. And then they go dump it around the corner. That's, you get a lot of that. Mm. And you get a lot of these contractors that are going to, uh, actually, we're going to swing by a house up here. Yeah. Over here. But you'll hire somebody to come over to do a bunch of yard work for you and they'll charge you a dump fee and then they'll just take it around the corner and dump it. Right. Dump it in your neighbor's yard, right? Dump it in the neighbor's yard. Brutal. What's the most frustrating part of the city for you? It's all frustrating. Nothing's... Nothing's well, you know, like I said, it's, it's all frustrating. You know, I catch the smallest, smallest percentage of dumpers. Uh-huh. And then when you know people are dumping and it's just out of range of a camera uh-huh. or you just miss a look of a license plate or it's just, it it's all gets frustrating. Or they come at the wrong time of day and you can't yeah, catch it or the, the or the angle gets obstructed oh. somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Between my high anxiety and my OCD, it just really... Well, that's why I keep a file on those people. The, the folks that I just miss, I keep a file because sooner or later I'm going to run into them. How, how thick is that file? Uh, it's, about, it's about a, I don't know, three quarters of an inch. Wow. But I've caught people after two years. Man. Just uh, about a month ago. Are there? June of 2000, July of 2015, I caught this dude. Dumped. He dumped six times in a four-day period over here on 45th and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And wrote him some and some and some and some. He never went to court. He's got six warrants out there. Just last month. So it had been two years he was over here on Drury. And he all that stuff that was on Drury, he just dumped it. I wrote him four more tickets, which I was finally able to find him. And he had expedition expedi- uh, yeah, expedition warrants over into Olathe, Kansas for identity fraud and all kinds of stuff. So we were actually able to catch him, and he's going to be gone for a while. When he gets out, he's going to have 10 illegal dumping tickets to deal with. He's going to do it again. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully yeah. he won't. Hopefully he won't. I like that. But then again, if spending a couple of hours with Alan Ashurst taught me anything, it's that they probably will. If they do, we can be sure that Alan will be waiting. That does it for this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. This is your host, Paul Thompson. Thanks again to Alan Ashurst, a legal dumping investigator for the city of Kansas City, Missouri. And thanks as well to the Neighborhoods and Housing Services Department. Without their consent, we couldn't have done this episode. Thanks for listening to the Northeast Newscast.